we are perfect too. Future with you, bright as my teeth. Long bamboo, walked in the room, caught my view. And I just knew that was my cue to walk right through. Extend my hand just like real gentlemen do. Cause I'm well raised and I'm well groomed. Hi, I'm boot, nice to meet you. Let me in your tempo. Show me what you went to. It could be so simple. Hey, hey. Yo, yo. It's the Great Debate Show. With your host Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith, Nick Ely. We're back. In the building and we're better than ever, baby. We got to recap week three in the NFL. Boy, was it wild. I'm sure the Arizona Cardinals messed up a lot of people parlays on Sunday. Matter of fact, so did the Houston Texans. Or what about the Indianapolis Colts? Man, what a Sunday. It's the Great Debate Show. Let's get it cracking. Hope everybody's doing good. Matter of fact, my co-host, Terrence Smith, Nick Ely. How are y'all doing? Uh, enjoying. We talk about how I'm doing a little later. I'm enjoying being one of three three and O teams in the league. That's how I'm doing. Hmm. Well, it's a great and, thing. And leading my division outright. <laughs> And leading your division outright for now. That's right. No doubt about it. Uh, why are Knicks Eagles leading the division? We're going to get into that. Because that was an upset of the week on Sunday. The Dallas Cowboys 12 and a half. It might have even went up to 13. But I know it was definitely 12 and a half at one point. Well, the Cowboys were supposed to cover the spread against the Arizona Cardinals on the road. It was pretty much a Cowboys home game. It was so many... Cowboy fans out there. It was ridiculous. You're starting to see that more and more now. Shout out to the 49ers. Bang, bang. Niner gang really started that shit, to be honest with you. Now everybody's trying to take over other people's stadiums. And, well, it was a wasted trip for Cowboys fans. They lose to the Arizona Cardinals, to Josh Dobbs and company. The defense, as I have, as I saw week one, against the Commanders in Week 2 in the first half against the Giants that the Cardinals weren't as bad as we thought they were going to be. But for you to tell me that they were going to come out and beat the Cowboys in a slugfest, I mean, like, they fought the whole way. They kind of dominated. And then when the Cowboys tried to come back, they just kept tapping them like, nope, nope, not today. So we're going to start with the NFC guy, Nick Ely. Uh, and he's going to tell us why and what the hell happened to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, again, we understand that Diggs is out for the season. Torn ACL. We get that. We talked about it on last episode. If Diggs was going to be, you know, a big factor, you know, to the Cowboys defense and how far they go. Well, me for one, I've always, I've already said that, yeah, they're going to be missing some things. However, Diggs had nothing to do with run support. He had nothing to do with getting gashed up the middle in the run game. Nick, what's your thoughts on the Cowboys being upset by the Cardinals? People were saying they were the best team in the league. Definitely the best defense in the league before Diggs. And now, whew, losing to them. What's your take? First off, I got news for you. That, that game was not decided by the absence of Trayvon Diggs by any stretch of the imagination. I know. From a defensive standpoint... What the Cardinals figured out from in terms of their offense attacking the Cowboys' defense, what they decided early on is that Michael Parsons 
is a game wrecker if you try to get away from him. But if you run at him, he is a lot easier to move at 245, 250 pounds than most defensive linemen would be. And they were able to neutralize him a lot by doing that. Um, and they ran the ball very well. They ran the ball 30 times, uh, only threw 21 passes uh, yesterday. They ran for a team total of 222 yards. Uh, a couple of big runs, both from uh, James Conner as well as Rondell Moore. He had a Rondell Moore at a big 45-yarder uh, that he took to the house. And, uh, you know, from an offensive standpoint, as uh, Jarvis is most famous for saying, Dak is holding the Cowboys back. Um, you know, he threw a pick at, at the exact moment they did not need it. Um, past that, a decently efficient day, 25 of 40, 249 yards. Uh, did also have a touchdown pass to uh, Rico Dowdle, the backup running back. But, um, yeah, as, I, as it happens every year, the Cowboys come out early and they have a lot of people excited and then they start falling apart. It just happened a lot earlier than normal this year. It's usually a higher precipice that they fall from and it makes it a little sweeter. Um, you know, they, they probably come back and win some games here and still be a decent team, but I think that was definitely something that was exposed, uh, is that you can run the ball at, at Michael Parsons and be pretty successful. And certainly if the, if the Cardinals can do it, oh, Lord have mercy if they play the 49ers or the Eagles. Uh, listen, I, I, I know it's easy to, uh, you know, to blame that Dak. Like, Dak is a, is a quarterback of the Cowboys and is going to catch hell if he doesn't play perfect. Uh, his decision in the end zone was not a great decision. If I'm not mistaken, if you look at that play, that play had one place for the ball to go. Uh, it was a predetermined play. He should, shouldn't have thrown it. He should have either just, uh, taken the sack or, uh, tried to run in himself. He, he threw the ball anyway. Three guys were there. Linebacker leaks on there, picks it off. But listen, guys, this is the Arizona Cardinals. You can't let the Cardinals come out and punch you in the mouth. And then it's like you recover, and they punch you in the mouth again. At some point, uh, I am going to question your heart, your toughness, because you're letting this team constantly punch you in the mouth, and you're not punching them back. And, and I think that's pretty much what happened throughout the whole game. Every time they think that the Cowboys are going to, you know, be the Cowboys and be a better team, Cardinals are like, nope, right in the face again. And, you know, what? at a certain point, all those punches to the face, uh, that's, that's, that's going to result in, a, in an L. That's exactly what happened. Uh, I know people are going to say Diggs is out, but listen, Diggs ain't coming back. He ain't coming back this year. You know, so what are you, you going to lose every game like that? Because I can tell you what. The rest of the the rest of the league is looking at that like, all right, maybe we can just out tough the Cowboys. Cause that's exactly what happened. The Cowboys, the Cowboys aren't better team at all, but they out tough them. And uh, you know, you lose to a guy who has been a backup essentially his whole career. Now, listen, I I'm a fan of SEC football, as I'm sure you guys are too. I saw Josh Dobbs play a bunch in Tennessee. He is as resilient as they come. Uh, you know, I, I think I may be on record on the show for saying I'm glad he's getting some kind of an opportunity. But an opportunity shouldn't be beating the, the what was supposed to be the best defense of all time. Somebody said that in the offseason. Who was it? Was that Parsons? Said, said what? That the Cowboys might be the best defense of all time. Somebody said that. One of them might have said it. Yeah. yeah I, I mm-hmm. think, I DJ Reed also uh, said something like that about the Jets, so. Who knows? <laughs> right, right. But yeah, so that, that may have been a, that may have been a death comment. But either way, 
everybody had this Cowboys defense looking like, you know, talking about them like they were great. But listen, losing one player as important as Diggs is shouldn't make that defense go from looking like one of the best to one of the worst. Because that's what they look like uh, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, not good at all. But, you know, I'm not going to overreact on the Cowboys on how bad they looked because it was pretty bad. But, um, look, everybody can watch that film, but it doesn't mean that they'll have the personnel to do what the Cardinals did. Um, or if you can coach that up. If, if, I mean, if you can coach it up, they may not have the personnel to do it. Or if they have the personnel to do it, but they just can't quite coach it up right. So I'm going to say still, even without Diggs, the Cowboys are bounced back from this. Uh, I, I think that it's actually a good thing that the Cowboys suffered this loss and a loss like this this early. As Nick was referring to earlier, this usually does happen later in the season where we get a higher reward. Where we, you know, like it's even better when it happens later on after so much, you know, so much dominance or so much optimism on what the Cowboys are going to do. And then wham, they fall off the ladder. You know, as soon as they're reaching for the belt in that TLC match, you know, they just can't quite get the money in the bank briefcase or the the, the the title that's hanging up there. They always get to the top of the cliff and they fall off. Well, they already hit the hit the ground. So they already, whether they took a step or two and fail, it's better that they did that now. I wish this would have happened after they played the Niners. But this is a wake-up call for the Cowboys. So I'm going to say that, they're going to bounce back from this. I still think Mike McCarthy's doing a good job with the play calling. Now, it is not right that they have to dumb it down for Dak. But as soon as he tries to open it up, well, you see what happens. He does what he always does. He holds the Cowboys back. Uh, this is the one thing that I can say, even though I think the Cowboys will be fine. The Cowboys can't play from behind. They just can't. It just, this, this is not the offense that, you know, they're not meant or built for that. If they got the lead and they can play defense and they can run the football, oh, yeah, the Cowboys may whoop your ass. They may take it to the woodshed. But on any given Sunday, when it comes down to a point to where they're behind like they were on yesterday, did you see how how hard it was for them to come back and they still didn't quite do that and get the win? They just couldn't. Playing from behind, that offense is not designed to do so. Mike McCarthy slowed it down. He's slowing it down. He's running the ball. They're looking like 2016 again. Dak, his rookie year, it was looking good, too, the first two weeks. But when you have to open it up and you have to come from behind, this is what you're going to get. So, everybody's going to try to jump on Dallas. That's what's going to happen. Now, that could back, that could backfire. It depends on the team and the personnel. But, again, terrible loss for the Cowboys. But, again, hey, call me crazy. Wouldn't you know it's me who's actually kind of taking up for the Cowboys just a little bit. It was bad. But it was week three. And this is something that I would usually see happen week 13 or NFL wild card weekend. For this to happen this soon, they've got plenty of time to clean that up. Um, but anyway, there are some other games that went on that were pretty big too. And before we get into uh, rest some of these other games, let's start with Terrence since we've already asked Nick about the Cowboys. Terrence, your Ravens had, I think, seven starters out. Some of that was offense. Some of that was defense. But, you know, we saw the report before the game started, and we're like, well, well, I can't speak for everyone, but most people were probably like, the Ravens are going to win still. It's it's the Indianapolis Colts, right? Well, that wasn't the case. You guys went in an overtime, 
and still didn't get it done in OT. 1922. Tell us what happened, Terrence. Well, I think I really think there's a lot of there's a lot of variables, but I, I think the main variable is when you have a sixty million dollar quarterback. Um, you got to be able to get five or six yards to get a field goal range. Now, now, at the end of regulation, they were well within purpose range, even though it was a six to one yard field goal. Uh, I, I think Tucker tried to get a little too cute, tried to make it pretty instead of just kicking the ball through the ball going upright. Uh, left too much air in the ball that fell short. When have you ever heard of a Justin Tucker field goal falling short? Like, I feel like even when he plays around and tries it from, like, 70, like, they still just, they just wide left or wide right. Like, he just kicked it too hard and they go all over the place. Um, but you're talking about in the dome. Um, I think they played on turf, so on, on grass, so there was no issue there. And he missed it. He got, the, the Colts out-tuckered the Ravens. They kicked a man like four kicks from 50 plus. Uh, they out the Ravens. But the problem with this is, you know, we heard all this talk about offense this, offense that, they're opening it up. That's all we heard all, all offseason. Uh, Coach Murphy, that's all we heard about from Georgia. And the game against, against a backup quarterback, even though there's Gardner Mitchell, he's still a backup. Uh, a backup running back, there are two best offensive players and not even playing. And this game is coming down to a 61-yard field goal and a bad call by a ref because a ref did miss a pass interference call uh, in OT, blatant pass interference. He grabbed the guy, pulled him around. You know, a lot of people complained in the offseason about the, the call that was made against the Eagles where they should have been called or not in, in the Super Bowl. But this is one that should have been called, no question about it. The refs didn't call it. And then they get, they get some kind of explanation of hardball with I don't know what they could have said to not call it. They'll come out probably in the morning saying that, hey, we should have called it, but it doesn't get away with win. I don't want to hear it. But you, when you have a $60 million quarterback, uh, you don't leave the game in the hands of the ref for a 51 yard field goal, in my opinion. Especially when you're playing against Garner Minshew and uh, who's that, Zach Moss, who just obliterated him, by the way. Zach Moss had a game of a lifetime. So I don't, I don't know where they're going to go, if they're going to constantly have this many people out, because I don't think this team can be Pittsburgh. Um, I know Cincinnati is struggling, but look, it's Cincinnati, they're going to pull it together. This is what they do. They start slow, then they win eight in a row. So I know what's coming out of Cincinnati. Take the Sean Watson, looks back. Listen, this is, this is dangerous time, uh, because the AFC North is going to be, going to be loaded throughout the year. And if they don't figure something out, because they, to me the offense is just not looking great, if they don't figure something out, this is not a team that can be carried by the defense anymore. Ray Lewis and Andy Reid, Chris McAllister, uh, those guys, Hello Donato, Terrell Sale, those guys aren't coming through that door. They're a lot closer to the Hall of Fame than they are coming through that door. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this is not happening. This is not happening. If they don't figure it out on offense, we might be laughing to do and that's the truth. Last division would still be kind of shocking, I guess. Um, I, I still kind of expect the Browns to maybe fall apart to some extent. Though their defense looks 
pretty good. Um, defense looks pretty good for the Browns for sure. Miles uh, Garrett, yeah. and and um, uh, TJ Watt are the two most uh, two of the most unblockable players I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if you guys saw that play or not, um, where the Titans had two tight ends following Miles Garrett every spot. He was, he was going from yeah, side to side and tight end was going in motion, which should be illegal at some point. I just shifted the formation so they get away with it. Uh, but they're following him everywhere it goes, and it, it basically led to a delay of game. Like, it's just crazy. They guys unblockable. TJ Waters unblockable. And, and I'm going to say this now, move on. What the Colts are doing at the end of the game yesterday was basically calling to a blitz. Like, you're not going to be as running. You're going to have to make a throw. And the throw just never got made. And, and Isaiah likely did drop one. Uh, and then there was a pass interference on the following play. Like, it just doesn't look good. And maybe that's because they, there's no Beckham. There was no, um, there was no Bateman. I don't care. The play's got to be made. Kind of yeah, uh, and from a former from a player standpoint, the idea that you got two tight ends literally following one guy that, to keep him from pass rushing, that's just bananas. I, I've never seen that before in my life. Um, I never, I never watched Lawrence Taylor play live, obviously. So maybe that happened to him a couple times. But past that, I, I've never seen that before in, in 20 plus he years. Here, he was eating yesterday. Yeah, and absolutely. In 20 some odd years of watching and playing football, I've never seen it before. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, back, back to the Colts and Ravens, man. I, I was, I was, I didn't watch much of that game, obviously. Um, I was surprised to see that the Ravens lost in the course. I, I definitely picked them to win it. Um, you know, looking back at it, I, I mean, it's, it's disappointing. Um, to be to be completely honest about it, you know, I, the Ravens were a team I was looking at um, as a potential, you know, real contender this year. Uh, and they're still 2 and one so it's not like everything is just falling apart at this point. Um, but certainly a loss to the Colts uh, without their starting quarterback, even with their starting quarterback, um, was not, not one I had on the docket for them for sure. And so, uh, you know, maybe you can just chalk up to a bad day. Uh, Lamar had a, had a good day individually, 200 yards through the air, another 100 on the ground. And two touchdowns there, but um, you know the individual isn't wasn't enough to uh, to propel to a win, and that's the point. That's the goal, and so uh, the defense certainly wasn't uh, didn't live up to what it needs to be. Um, allowing Gardner Minshew to go for two twenty seven, and Zach Moss to run for another one hundred twenty. Uh, and so uh, I, I expect the Ravens to bounce back and still definitely compete for that division, um, and because obviously it's it's going to be pretty tight over there. All right, right. And don't get me wrong, I, I still think my Ravens will win the division. And I'm just saying, if they don't get that offense figured out, what are they going to do? Because T.J. Watt, the two guys against Pittsburgh, T.J. Watt is going to be in your face. Uh, Hoffman is going to be in your face. Miles Garrett is going to be in your face for two games against Cleveland. They got to figure something out. Yeah, it, it seems like maybe the offense is not quite figured out yet. The new improved so well the so-called new improved offense under what's his name monk or something like that they're your new oc i don't know yeah. it just kind of seems like uh, something's still missing there and i'm not saying it's still greg's roman offense but i'm not seeing a lot of um it doesn't look that glamorous like everybody was saying and lamar was so bought into it and he was just ready and uh again obj yeah yes he was out but again that's no surprise right I mean, I say some of the most unhinged things. Let some people say it at times, but then when it happens, nobody says anything. They just, they just, they just get silent. 
I talked about Saquon Barkley and his injuries, and Odell Beckham Jr. and his injuries, and guess what? Neither one of them played in week three. Same old shit. Uh, if the Baltimore Ravens are going to win, this is the reason why I said, hey, go for D-Hop too. Go for D-Hop too. Because you're not going to have both of them playing. But if you had have gotten both, at least there would still be another one playing. I don't know how long OBJ is going to be what, out. I think what, I'm, I'm betting you D-Hop wishing he... Uh... One of those other teams actually had more interest because they're looking good over there. Yeah. Um, well, you know, hey, it's a week-to-week league. It's a week-to-week league. That's all I can say. They looked bad yesterday, that's for certain. But the Browns' defense has made just about everybody this season look bad. So, I don't know. Um, they, they had a tough week one in New Orleans and a, definitely a tough week three in Cleveland. But they did beat the Chargers. So, the Titans are going to be a team that we're all going to be, you know, scratching our head about, I think, all season long. And we know why the main reason for that is. However, this play calling, it plays a part, too. And play calling, I would say, with the Ravens and what they're doing, you have to adjust. If you see a zero blitz repeatedly like that, then there has to be some play callings to back them up off of your ass. And uh, the adjustments were not made. So they need to go back to the drawing board, and they need to do that. And again, Odell Beckham Jr., I gave him to week five, week six. It's week three, and he's already missing games. We'll see how many he will miss. But, uh, yeah, this is this is sometimes people are just what they are, period. Saquon Barkley, three weeks at least. He's trying to toughen it up and play. I understand because it's contract year. Uh, but this is why I said he was making a big mistake by signing that one-year deal. At least Lamar Jackson has his deal. Um, but, yeah, anyway, uh, we're going to keep it pushing in the NFL. Uh, no, again, no surprise with some of the people that are not playing. We've had a lot of injuries. Nick has warned us about this grass and why they should be on the natural grass and how it's playing a major part with these injuries. People like Mike Williams out for the year with a torn ACL. We just heard about Diggs last week. I mean, just the names are just keep coming. There's plenty of names that we're probably – Missing out right now, but there's a lot of people that have been injured, and I mean, like for the season. So, uh, we know how Aaron Rodgers started the year off, uh, with that big bang. Keeping it moving, though, look in the NFL, the Chicago Bears did exactly what we thought they were going to do, and that is get dragged. They did that in Kansas City, even Taylor Swift was front row to see that, well, up in the in the, in the press box, as she is supposedly now dating Travis Kelsey and his. Jersey sales went up like 400%. Uh, wow. Uh, running through running through everything though quickly here. Uh, Belichick got his 15th straight win over the New York Jets. So he was in a good mood. Even he had jokes for Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift saying that was the biggest catch that he's ever gotten. Um, he didn't say stuff like that. He's just in a great mood because he loves beating the New York Jets. Every single chance he gets, he'll take it. Uh, we already talked about the Cowboys in that 28-16 loss in Arizona. The Seahawks rolled over the Panthers 37-27. And, um, of course, the Colts, they got the win over the Ravens. The Bills straight up thumped the Commanders. Uh, some of these 2-0 teams, we're, got, we're about to get into another one in Tampa Bay in a minute here. But the Commanders, yeah, they played a real team and they got thumped in the mouth big time. The Buffalo Bills 37-3 over them. Titans, 
They get manhandled as well. They get thumped in Cleveland 27-3 over the Titans. Miles Garrett, this Browns defense, Denzel Ward. It was always something that I couldn't place my finger on with the Browns. Like, why can't that defense get, like, right? It always looks promising. I see the potential. But what's missing for them to be whatever it was? It looks like it's fixed. Cleveland Browns look like a legit defense. You have to start throwing them in the names with the Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers, Philadelphia Eagles, Buffalo Bills. That defense is very, very gangster. And Von Miller is coming back to that defense. Like, he's not even back yet. I worried about them, but Leonard Floyd, that Leonard Floyd acquisition turned out to be a key, quiet acquisition for the Buffalo Bills with that pass rush. And, um... An upset in Jacksonville as the Texans, C.J. Stroud, got his first NFL win. Congratulations as he thumped the Jaguars 37-17. I knew Green Bay would get the dub over the Saints no matter what. They still did it. How about Jordan Love and those Saints? I mean, those Packers. I understand Derek Carr had an injury. We'll get into that a little bit later also. I think That's the only reason that happened. Okay, well, it happened. And as a show, it's a shoulder injury. I will say that if that Saints went down that dramatically offensively, then Derek Carr must be better than what we sometimes give him credit for. There was a shootout in Minnesota as the Chargers got the win, 28-24. I got something to say about Brandon Staley still, even though they got the win, and I'll get to that in a minute. But first, before we keep moving on, I ran through the games. Now we'll just talk about who should be talked about briefly here. 70-20, Miami Dolphins. Um, AFC guy Terrence. Let's start with him first, because I know this is a team that he wouldn't want to see anytime soon. Right now, mm-hmm. as a Ravens fan, no time, no place. I asked, I asked after week one, were the Dolphins the most dangerous team in the league? I'll ask again, even though I think I know what the answer will be now. I predicted these guys to win the AFC. Guys, are the Dolphins the most dangerous team in the in the league, and are they going to win the AFC? I'll, I'll say this. To your first question, I don't know. I don't know about the second question. I would definitely pick them to win. But if you can find me somebody who said that the Dolphins are not the most dangerous team in the league, we can put on some gloves right <laughs> in that ball. Yeah. Three rounds to the death because let me tell you, they are out of their mind. Yeah. As Nichols said, pull out their drug test. It's fine. <laughs> And we ain't talking about no drilling test. We we took some hip around here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That the uh, the Dolphins are like are like the NFL's Golden State Warriors in their heyday with, with what they're doing right now. I mean, they were just launching bombs from all over the field. I mean, I, it was out like I wasn't watching that game. I was just kind of I was keeping up with it, and I just kept getting alerts. Two two or four touchdowns. Two throws a touchdown. Touchdown Dolphins. I'm like I'm like wait a minute. That's like five or six in a row. And so I kind of just clicked over, like, what's going on? And they just they seemed to try to let up and, and couldn't and couldn't let up. Um, you know, even the, the running back, uh, 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 Shane, I, I, can't, I can't remember how they said his name exactly, but uh, he went for over 200 on just on 18 carries um, and had a couple of touchdowns himself. So, uh, yeah, most dangerous team in the league right now for sure. Um, even over my Eagles, I, I will admit that. Uh, I mean, you know, they said these guys can, um, they can just explode at any given moment. And actually, my Eagles will have to see them before either of your teams will. Uh, they're not on the regular season schedule, I don't think, for the 49ers. 
Um, don't play the Ravens until week, what, 17? Uh, but we see them on uh, week 7. Uh, that game will be in Philly. Uh, week 7, October 22nd, Sunday nighter. Oh, so, yeah. uh, that is a good... What, what, right. That's a let, good let, let me ask this. Is, and I... Uh, we lose you? Mic check? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened with him. Uh, yeah, we probably lost him. Um, we might have lost him. So, Nick, but yeah, I was as I was saying, that was a great, that was a great, <laughs> that'll be a great game. The Eagles and the Dolphins week seven on Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't see it any other way. It definitely needs to be on Hello. Sunday night. Uh, definitely needs to be on Sunday night football. So, woo, I can't wait for that one. Uh, that'll be great. Terrence, what were yeah, you saying yeah, now? I want to ask this, guys, and I, like I said, I hate to ask this with it being so early in the year, but it, have the Broncos quit on Sean Payton? Ooh. Someone mentioned it, somebody on TV mentioned it, um, I want to say it was Jimmy Johnson, maybe, because uh, I, I was kind of watching the, the, the post-game show after all the games went off. Um... Because I, I, I just remember the things he was saying about Russell Wilson about I'm kissing babies and like he just been you know talking real real crazy in my opinion about just just anything like he's super arrogant like he's he's come across to me as a super arrogant guy and I don't know if this Russell's parents are wrong way already or not like to give up seventy points and I, I think most of us thought the Broncos would have at least a decent defense. Like, maybe not great. You know, I know they traded away uh, Bradley Chubb and, uh, last year to the Dolphins. <laughs> and they had a lot of connections between the Dolphins and the, and the Broncos. <laughs> um, but 70 points? That's it's, personal. <laughs> it, 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 it felt real personal. And I just, and, and then, of course, he had the comments about uh, Nathaniel Hackett, which he may have not been wrong about those, but it's like, you're real reckless with your mouth, and if, if you've been reckless throughout the whole offseason, just throughout the media a couple of times, I know you've been reckless with the player. So I just, I just, I feel like the Broncos might end up in a situation where they might have two one and done with head coach. Yeah, they might, they might have been yeah. that whole situation. If that's the case, um, if, if Sean Payton, you know, if, if that seems to be a dumpster fire, then I think I think Russ has got to go run out the door with him. I don't, I don't know what the salary cap implications would be for the Broncos at that point, but um, you you got to be finding a way to get out from under that contract at that point with uh, with Russ. Um, I mean, because it, it it has not looked good, and and certainly, obviously, giving up seventy points certainly creates more of a defensive problem than an offensive one. Uh, the Broncos were, were still able to put up 20 points of their own. Uh, go look here real quick. Uh, only one, yeah, one interception from Russ, but he did throw for 300 yards, uh, 23 of 38. So it's not as if he just had a terrible game or the offense just had a terrible game. Um, but when you have 70 points, everybody's at fault to some yeah, extent. I mean, yeah. Russ would have to score 71 to beat them. It ain't happening. Right. So, and all the Dolphins are... All of us are at least 30, year old, 30 years old. None of us were alive the last time somebody scored 74. Right. 
And, and the Dolphins are probably going to have a couple more games, not necessarily where they score 70 points, but a couple more games like this this year where, they, where I mean, you're going to have to be putting up basketball numbers, basically, to, to play with them. If you're, not, if you're not putting up 40 or 50-plus, you're just not going to beat them to that. Um, yeah, and, and, and we got to keep in mind, they did all of that without Jalen Waddle. Exactly, because I had to bench on my fantasy team this week because of that. I um, won, don't worry. Oh, uh, guys. Um, we we're gonna we're gonna keep it pushing, but let me just say this about the Denver Broncos. If anybody remembers what I said, uh man, it was during the offseason. It was around the time when Sean Payton had just made the comments about how terrible Nathaniel Hackett was in Denver. And remember when I told you guys, um, I gotta play that episode back. I gotta find it and play it back. If this continues to go on, I'm playing that clip back. But my words and I'm not sure word for word, but I remember saying that maybe Sean Payton already knows that he stepped into a pile of shit here in Denver. And he's just warning everybody now about how bad this team was, is, and will be. So it'll kind of, you know, make him not look so bad. He's already kind of crying to the public saying, man, this team is so fucked, even I can't fix it. And it seems like he realized that by the time we got the training camp. And he's been pleading for that every since, and it looks like it's everything he thought. And they're just bad. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I look at the team. Russell Wilson's not playing that bad. The offense is not playing that bad. The defense is they're, they're playing pretty bad, though. And 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 uh look, Jerry Judy, he's not that good. Sutton, he had a good rookie year. I'm still waiting on him to, you know. I'm still waiting on him to top that and build off of that. It's been a, it's been a few years here. They're not that talented. The Broncos aren't, and I think Sean Payton realizes that now. And I bet you all the money in the world he's saying to himself what I'm saying right now. If Sean Payton had to just chill for one more year and stayed at Fox, he was in such a hurry and so impatient. We know now he was just trying to get the hell out of New Orleans. But he had to just waited one more year at Fox, he would have the Justin Herbert. L.A. Charger job next season because Brandon Staley is for sure to get fired. He almost was going to be 0-3 yesterday on Sunday. That's what I wanted to get into, the fourth and one at the 25, 26-yard line at his own 24, 25-yard line. I want me to cut you off. Man, you're getting real good at these segues. That was... <laughs> did you come over there on the fly? I, I, I did. I'm just... just Going at it, just going through it. And well, let me tell you, hey, that, that's, that's a Hall of Fame worthy segue right there. <laughs> well, I appreciate <laughs> it, man. But that's exactly what I think he should have done. He should have just waited a year and took his ass to the Chargers because that that job is about to be vacant. And the reason being is Staley did it again on Sunday. And he very well would be fired right now as we speak if they didn't win the game. But they came out and won that game somehow, some way. Uh, Kirk Cousins and the offense doing what they normally do in the second half. Garbage time, garbage yards. Terrence, you know about that. You talk about it all the time with, with those Vikings, and that's exactly what happened. But it wasn't enough, and they lost. The Chargers got the dub, even though they lost Mike Williams for the season. But Brandon Staley is really, he cannot keep doing that. It seems that he just won't learn from his mistakes. This is their first win since the 27-point loss, or 27-point lead that they blew in the wild card game. And um, 
I'm just saying with Nick, but with Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Derwin James injured again, I believe. Look, man, Brandon Staley's supposed to be a defensive guy. He came from L.A. All right, I understand the Rams won the Super Bowl, but damn it, sometimes you know, like I could have called the plays for the Rams that year. And they would have, and I would have came out as a victorious defensive coordinator. I'm just saying, maybe it wasn't really him. And, and how do you, I mean, how many of these coordinators have one good year and then get a head coaching job any damn way? That's what happened with Staley. He never deserved his job. He wasn't qualified for it, and it shows. Even though they got away with that win, I just wanted to take the time to give him a little bit of smoke because that was still dumb as fuck. And he's still doing that dumb ass shit. He should have been fired. He should have never came back this year. And this is why Sean Payton is regretting right now that he just didn't wait another year. Because yeah, he, would, I mean, if, he would have that it, job. And Sean Payton has been a little more patient. Yeah. He probably would have had his choice between the Chargers and maybe the Cowboys because we already know, like, if, if they don't have a good playoff run this year, McCarthy's gone. Um, yeah. And and maybe even a couple more teams, who knows? You know, uh, but besides the point, you're right. Uh, Brandon Staley might not survive the season. Yeah. It's just that simple. He's not a good coach. Um, you know, he's been blessed with a lot of talent. There are some coaches that might coach five, ten years and never have as much talent as, as he has right now. Now, I know they just lost, they, they just lost Mike Williams. With that being said, let me throw some flowers towards Mr. Keenan Allen, quite possibly the most underrated player in football. Uh, that guy is a, is an animal when healthy. And I think there's a, I, I think I think you tweeted this, I may have seen a picture of it, but there's a, there's a list of people that's had three games over 15 catches and it ain't but one name on it. And that's Mr. Keenan Allen. So with that being said, man, listen, uh, he's got a lot of talent. That talent is, is, is bailing him out right now. They very well could have lost yesterday. They will lose more games based on the way he coaches because you can't out-talent everybody. Um, and we'll see. My prediction is that he doesn't survive the season. If he survives the season, no way in hell he survives the offseason because they're not going to do what they should be doing. And they should be uh, holding up Lombardi or at least having those aspirations. But that team is not a Super Bowl team solely because of how bad the coach is. Yeah, and the defense is pretty damn bad, and he's a defensive guy. I mean, that defense has names, but I don't see production. I don't see players. Yeah, like if you're a defensive guy, and you have immense talent on the defense, and your defense is not good, that is a reflection on you. Yes. Every time. Yeah. So, just wanted to throw a little smoke at Brandon Staley. Uh, somebody else that may need a little bit of smoke their way is Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. They get another loss. Uh, that's back-to-back losses now after opening the season up with a win in, in mile high. It looked like it was going to be promising. One minute I go back and forth with the Raiders, man. One minute I think that the Raiders are going to be terrible. Then for whatever reason, I started getting this gut feeling that the Raiders aren't going to be as bad as we think. And now we're starting to look like I was right all along. They look pretty bad. Garoppolo might have suffered a concussion. He got bent backwards on his ankle. Uh, left, came back. He had the whole family out. All the Italians had their own little press box, and it was all for nothing. The Steelers' defense was very good. Once again, got them another win. And it also makes me feel good to know that that defense is as good as I thought it was. I wouldn't say much about the offense, but we didn't make that defense look like it was anything. 
So that was a good thing for my Niners. The Steelers have not lost since they played the Niners. They're now 2-0 since their week one beatdown that they took by my Niners. Guys, are the Steelers' defense good enough to overcome the offensive flaws that they have in Pittsburgh? They're now 2-1, back-to-back primetime games, and they won. And they've been pretty good defensively. There's a lot of flack about Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, Tomlin. Are you going to fire this guy? Or do we need to fire your ass too? You know there's whispers and everything. Terry Bradshaw, one of the guys who has publicly said many of times that he thinks Mike Tomlin's overrated. And he doesn't believe that he, he doesn't see why he's had this job for this long. As if, the way he says that with a straight face is if Bill Cowher never had bad seasons. And I've watched Mike Tomlin not have a losing season yet. Um, and he would not had a bad season. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But, uh, yeah, just, just want to throw out what I've heard uh, from the grapevine from some people and what they think of them. But, guys, it's all about what you all think right now here on this show. Starting with Terrence, he's an AFC guy. He's an AFC North guy. We've always said, hey, man, the Ravens may win the division this year or the Bengals may win it again. But watch out for the Steelers. Here they come again. What do you got to say about the Steelers, Terrence? Yeah, there's never going to be a time, uh, I don't think in our lifetime, where a game against Pittsburgh is going to be considered an easy game. Uh, that defense, and listen, I, I want them to lose every single game they play, but you have to enjoy watching that defense because, honestly, even with all the rule changes uh, with the game, the, the, the way the game is played now is a lot faster. Um that defense is essentially a dinosaur. They play the old way. They hit hard. They ask questions later. Mika Fitzpatrick, we don't even have to speak on it. Uh, uh, TJ Watt, is, is, if your quarterback is not mobile, he's in trouble. And Garoppolo saw a lot of that yesterday. Uh, even on the other side of him, Highsmith. And listen, they did all that to Garoppolo and Cam Hayward was out. He, he didn't play yesterday. He was on the sideline looking like a 55-year-old man. Uh, <laughs> that defense is legit. And it's not that they're so so well-constructed, but it's that they are very, very opportunistic. If the ball is in the air, uh, they have a chance to go get it. If your running back is not safe with it, it's going to pop out. If your quarterback is sitting in the pocket and not getting that ball out quick enough, he's going down. It's just that simple. I mean, they... They do all the things right on defense. And like I said, the opportunistic, man, they're going for the ball. And if you, if you can't score enough points, you're in trouble because the defense can't score. Well, they go for that ball and they usually the, get it. The defense is legit. Yep. Yeah, it's it's up there. I mean, and, and the two guys that make it run, of course, are, are T.J. Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick. T.J. Watt, uh, as, as Terrence mentioned earlier, has been – um, basically one of, the, one of, if not the most unblockable player in the league, uh, not only, I mean, over some time, but particularly, you know, the start of this season, him and, and Miles Garrett just seem to be on a different planet, um, seemingly than basically everybody else, um, with the way they're playing on the defensive side of the ball. So, uh, Michael Parsons, in, in, Michael Parsons in a, in a close third, I guess. Um, but those two, I, I think have really kind of separated themselves even in the early, in just these three weeks, uh, into the season so far. So, uh, that defense and that team really can go as far as, as those two guys can carry them. Um, you know, right now they're they're sitting, you know, of course tied at the top of the division with Baltimore. Um, they've already beaten Cleveland once, already beaten 
Uh, I think they also beat Cincinnati. For them. No, no, they, they only beat Cleveland, I'm sorry. And play Cincinnati yet. But, um, so yeah, they're, they're a team you're going to watch. Um, just like it seems to be every year with Mike Tomlin, I don't understand any of the, uh, it doesn't say he gets much hate, but I don't understand any that he would get. Um, the guys, you know, it's not like he's ever had any, uh, bad reports or anything, you know, any issues off the field or anything like that. Um, and all the guy does is not, is, is win games. You know, he's never had a, had a non winning season. Uh, or never had a losing seat. I think he had an eight and eight year one time. But uh, you know, when you when you the worst record you've had is five hundred. Uh, that'll keep keep most coaches employed for quite a while. The problem is the rest of them can't haven't been able to do it. Um, so good on the Steelers. I'm always always have been a fan of Mike Tomlin. Um, I think they'll they'll be right there in the mix when it, when we get to the end of the season. Yeah, and that's crazy to say because the defense is really their their only strength. Sometimes that offense looks like there's hey, it's promising. You see the potential every now and then, but for the most part, they just can't seem to get it going. They hit a few big plays on Monday night, but for the most part, it still was the defense just making plays, getting stops when they needed to, getting turnovers, and boy, when they go for the ball, they get it, and sometimes they return it all the way to the to the other end of the field. Uh, that's pretty much all we've got. We're going to wrap up with these Monday night games. Again, um, it was a hell of a week in the NFL. Uh, quite a few beatdowns also. But um, just the Jaguars, boy, and the Cowboys, I know they really hurt a lot of people parlays for real. The Chicago Bears, it looks like they're going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes after their 41-10 loss in KC. No surprise there. But Caleb Williams, that's going to be the biggest thing. Is he going to go back to school? Is he going to come out for the draft? There's a lot of teams that it's, it's not looking, it's not looking good. There, you know, if he doesn't want to play there, he's not coming out. And we gotta ask ourselves: Is the Bears a team that he would like to play for? Because they definitely can be number one. The Broncos could be number one. I don't know if the Broncos have quit on Sean Payton or Russell Wilson, but I know one thing for sure: Sean Payton, the shit that he talked coming in, Nathaniel Hackett, as bad as he was. He didn't let anybody put a drop a 70-piece on him. So that was pretty bad. And uh, I know it's a lot of people in New York. Nathaniel Hackett is one of them. Aaron Rodgers is another one who is laughing their asses off at Sean Payton right now. Um, probably more than the Broncos. Maybe just Sean Payton. And I said before as he was talking, then, man, like, hey, man, these teams are coming for him. They're going to be ready. They're going to be ready talking that stuff like that. They can't wait to prove him wrong and to prove to, hey, man, don't talk about coaches like that. You don't do that. And so they're coming for his head. I've said that before. Yeah, and, and speaking of that, I, I got a question for, one, for both of you guys. Okay. Uh, they could have kicked the field goal to have the most points ever in the NFL game. And, uh, and I uh, the coach instead of the players decided against it. If you're the coach, you kick the field goal or not? Absolutely. I'm kicking the field goal. I would have kicked the shit out of the field goal. Yeah, I would have kicked the shit out of it twice if I could have. Right. <laughs> so, look, I'm putting up that record. And yeah. apparently, Michael Gale uh, could have a little beef with the Broncos. I think he grew up uh, as a Broncos ball boys and stuff like that. That's correct. You know, That's correct. And, uh, and, you know, when before he got the Dolphins job, the Broncos wouldn't even, wouldn't even interview him uh, yeah. for his spot. So... You know, he might he might have had it. He might have been personal a little bit. Yeah, it seemed like it. Um, yeah. Listen, I, I, I know this is the great debate show, but we are all in on this. I'm kicking the field goal. 
I've already scored seven. If, if three more points piss you off, hey, find your defensive coordinator. Don't get mad at me. That's right. right. You mad at me for That's right. Yeah, well, <laughs> Absolutely. You, said, you mad Absolutely. at me for Right. Um. Uh. Here's a t- here's here's a team that a lot of people were gonna be mad at if they lost again on Monday night. The Cincinnati Bengals hosted L.A. Rams. Well, the Bengals got the win. Joe Burrow did play. That was up in the air up until ninety minutes before kickoff, and uh, he was he was a game time decision, but he played. He's not a hundred percent, not by a long shot, guys. But they got the win. 19-16, both teams are now 1-2. Bengals get their first win of the season. And, boy, they, they definitely needed that with Pittsburgh being 2-1, Baltimore 2-1, Cleveland now improved to 2-1. They definitely didn't need to be behind at 0-3. So they get the win. Won't waste my time there. We'll finish up with the last game. It was also on Monday night. We had another Monday night doubleheader. I think that's the last of it. The Eagles went to Tampa Bay. And, um, you know, another one of those 2-0 teams like the Commanders, you know, uh, like Atlanta, where it's like, hey, how real are they? Uh, by the way, the Falcons lost in Detroit, didn't even get a touchdown, 20-6. to And, again, this 2-0 team, Tampa Bay, only 11 points. The Eagles won 25-11. Nick, I'm sure you have something to say about your Eagles, now 3-0 on the season. Uh, the, the Buccaneers, look, they haven't looked bad. Uh, they didn't look bad tonight, but they definitely played against, um, I don't know what you want to call it, Big Brother. Uh, they met their father, and he took them and put them over their lap, whatever you want to call it. But they definitely met their match. They're not who anybody might have thought they were. The Eagles let that be known. Did you see anything in Philadelphia that you said there was nothing to worry about? It certainly looked like it wasn't as him and A.J. Brown, Hurts and A.J. Brown connection started to come back. Your thoughts? I mean, it was basically what I expected. Um, it was a it was a good, you know, solid dominant performance by us. Uh, obviously, we gave up a touchdown there late that made the score look just slightly closer. Um, but we did what good teams do in that situation, and we took the ball and didn't give it back. Um, and so, you know, twenty five to eleven, it, it looks, in my opinion, the score looks a little closer than what the game actually was. Uh, we ran the ball well. DeAndre Swift had another hundred and some odd yard uh, game. Uh, Jalen Hurts threw a, threw a couple touchdowns, I believe. Also threw a couple of picks. Um, one that seemed uh, seemed like a, I don't know if the ball slipped or just a miscommunication between him and the receiver. Um, they also mentioned that he was uh, having some flu-like symptoms uh, before the game, so maybe he was a little more off than, than what I you know what a lot of us really knew. Um, but solid game for him overall. Uh, great game by the defense. I want to personally thank the Georgia Bulldogs. Because uh, everybody that we've gotten from them it had a great game tonight between Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter, who was a monster, uh, Jordan Davis also was a monster, and obviously DeAndre Swift. Um, you know, all, all of these guys really just kind of kind of carried the load tonight. Um, and obviously Jalen played well, of course. So, uh, you know, nothing I didn't expect with 3-0. Um, it's going to sound a lot like last season here, guys. Um, you know, I, I guess it'll be at least until week seven when we play the Dolphins, and we'll see how, how that one goes. Uh, I don't. I don't have anything to add. I had. I didn't think Tampa had much of a chance. Uh, Tampa overachieved for two games there. Maybe they overachieved a little more. But the Eagles are in, the, in their class of teams. It was very elite uh, teams that are in their window right now. The Eagles, the 49ers, of course, uh, on the NFC side and in the AFC, you might have a few teams. The Dolphins, the Chiefs, um, 
so yeah, I don't I don't really have anything to add, but I Charles, do you have anything to add on the game? Because I have I have another question. This is for you guys. I don't have an answer for it, but I, I do have a question. No, I don't have I don't have anything. That, okay, that, nothing at all. Who, <laughs> all right, Jarvis, the Forty Nineers fan, Nick, the Eagles fan. Who loses the game first? Well, I'll have to see that schedule. Um, before Diggs got hurt, I'm not going to lie. I, I would have told you that maybe it would have been my Niners that would have probably lost first going 4-1 four four after losing to the Cowboys. That's not too shabby. Um, and I would love to lose to them in the regular season versus beating them in the regular season and then losing in the postseason. So I would have told you that before the Diggs and, and before the Cardinals you know, did what they did to them on Sunday. But now, I don't know. I'm not so sure. Uh, I don't know who the Eagles have next. Um, we, I'm, I'm, I'm going to run through it here. So, we've got the Commanders, Rams, and Jets uh, before we play, before we have, before we host the Dolphins uh, in week seven. Uh, then we get the Commanders again, uh, the Cowboys, and then the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs, Bills, and then 49ers uh, December the 3rd. So, if for whatever reason, both of us are still undefeated by December 3rd. We'll solve it then. Um, in the meantime, like I said, you know, based on that, I would say our best, ch- the best chance for us to lose a game would be week seven against the Dolphins uh, and then week 10 against the Chiefs. Um, meanwhile, let's go see the 49ers schedule. 49ers have got the Cardinals, Cowboys, Browns, Vikings, Bengals, Jaguars, Bucks, Seahawks, and then the Eagles uh, December 3rd. Then Seahawks, Cardinals, Ravens, Commanders, and Rams to finish the season. Not really, not really much on the 49ers schedule that, that scares me, to be honest, if I'm, no. if I'm a 49ers fan. Um, so with that being said, I may would lean towards us uh, being the one to lose one first. Because like I said, I just don't see many... Many matchups there that I wouldn't take the 49ers in. Rather convincing. Now that you read the schedule off, now, Jarvis, you correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, we ain't got to stay on it too long, but I don't see the 49ers losing any of those games. Uh, hey. Well. Let's not get suspected. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not gonna go that far at all. Uh, look, we are on that schedule. Yeah. I'm and, and before they get to you guys, is what I'm talking about. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, uh, that Cleveland game is a trap game, uh, even though I do think it's at home. I know we've got Baltimore and Philly down the line. So, no, nah, we're not going to go 17-0. and 0. I know that. We're not going to go. No, we're, we're not going to no, go. I, I, probably not going to go 10-0. I, I think as a, as, a, as a fan, I have come to grips that I would never see another undefeated team. I don't think so either. I, I don't think so. I, I highly doubt it. I mean, I'm not saying it won't happen, but I don't see it. I don't think we'll be around to to see that. But um, yeah. But to answer your question, yeah, it, Nick's probably right. Week seven against Miami, that's probably their first loss there. And even if not, I think I heard KC, and that could be the one. Either way, they've got a loss or two probably before we see one. But again, like man, who knows? We have been a slow starting team offensively and defensively, especially defensively. We just kind of get out to these slow starts and we'll make adjustments and then we'll, okay, now there's the Niners and then we'll, we'll, you know, we'll shut it down and we'll go ahead and get out of there with the dub. But again, like 
I'm not the one who's raving about how dominant our defense is. I let the media do that. I watch and I just be quiet, really. Um, I don't really have much to say. We're good. I'm used to that, though. I'm sorry. Not trying to be arrogant at all, but I want the Super Bowl. So holler at me in January. I don't give a damn if we go, you know, 13 and 4 again, 15 and 2, um, or if we sneak in that bitch at 10 and 7. I just want the Super Bowl. And um, anything that they do now, between now and December, it won't surprise me one bit. We're the 49ers, and thanks to Shanahan and Lynch, we definitely are back to our winning ways, and we appreciate them for that. They've gotten a six-year extension again. It's their second time getting that, and that's all fine and dandy if we get the chip. But if we don't, I would have to just ask, damn, how, how many times do you get rewarded for not winning the main, the, what, what the main goal is? And that's all I'm saying. Again, not trying to be arrogant, but holler at me in January. I'm used to all of this. We'll be there. We'll be there at the top of the ladder. But will we be able to grab that WWE championship, that money in the bank briefcase, before somebody pushes us over the ladder? That's all I'm saying. We'll see. Um, One more thing I wanted to say, though, before we get out of here, was some news that I thought or found a little interesting. And it's concerning Dame Lillard. Uh, Toronto are leading the race for Dame. I thought the Dame sweepstakes was really over with. But we are getting close to training camp now in the NBA. Or training camp is officially about to start, I believe. It says, though, that the Raptors enter the week as front runners to trade for Damian Lillard. This is according to Mark J. Spears at ESPN. So, I'll ask you guys. If you give a damn anymore, I know you probably don't even think that anything's going to happen with Lillard, but is this a surprise to you? Does this attract you at all? Would it be in Toronto, not Miami, not Milwaukee? What does this do for you guys when you hear that? Dane to Toronto. I think I heard something about Dane basically saying that if, if they try to do that, it's, it's, gonna, it's not going to be a pretty situation in Toronto. Essentially, he doesn't uh, want to go there, so... Um, I'll be curious to see if, if Toronto is going to be serious about it, um, how that works out, and, and what they're able to work out with Dame in order to, to do that, or if they're, if they're trying to get a hold of him to use him as a piece for something that they want to do. Um, you know, I'm not sure what the rules are in terms of them being able to trade him after acquiring him in a trade uh, in that situation, but um, you know, there may be something else, something else at play there. Um, I. It's too early in football season for me to care that much about it right now, to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll see. If, if, if he actually ends up somewhere, then uh, it'll, I'll care a little more. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I listen. I, well, let me, hold on. Let me, let me backtrack. I, I don't care. But we also have to keep in mind that the last time Toronto did this, they won a chip. Uh, because I'm pretty sure... None of us think that Dane will actually stay there. He played his one year. I think he's got a player option for, for a second year. Uh, and he'd be out. So, um, yeah, uh, maybe it's a move. If he just wants to get out of Portland that bad to take the trade to Toronto, play the year out, who knows what'll happen. Um, outside of his contract, if he can find where he wants to find his free agent, he won't have to worry about being traded. But I don't care. <laughs> Honestly. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
that's about all I have then, man. I mean, Joe Burrow played on Monday night, so it doesn't matter right now. But they did. The Bengals did sign AJ McCarron. They brought him back to the uh, to the uh, practice squad for the uh, Bengals. Um, that was nothing else, really. Really, that uh, yeah, that that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, again, the Jets they lost to the Patriots again, guys. Do you think anything needs to happen, or you just do you just say screw this season and we'll take our chances on getting Aaron back next year, Aaron Rodgers, or do you try to go out and say, hey, Kirk Cousins, this is his last year in Minnesota. The Vikings are zero and three. They're not gonna do anything. Let's go for him, and we'll cross that bridge when we get there next year with which quarterback we're going to keep, Cousins or Rodgers. I don't know, but do the Rodgers go do something now? I mean, the Jets, or do they just just sit on their hands and continue to tell us that they're fine with Zach Wilson, even though we know that's not true? I think it's borderline criminal um, what the Jets are doing. If they're going to sit, they're going to really try to ride the season out with Zach Wilson. Uh, and, and, I mean, because they are a torpedo in their franchise. They've got the talent all, all across their team at every other position to be able to compete. The offensive line could be a little bit better, um, but if you have a competent quarterback, he can, he can kind of match some of those offensive line ills, um, especially when you got a, you got running backs in the backfield like Chris Hall and, uh, and uh, Dalvin Cook. And so, uh, all that being said, the, the idea that they're going to com- complete this season with Zach Wilson as a starter is just ludicrous to me. Um, they, if, if they are not actively looking for somebody to bring in and, and replace him, um, then the ownership needs to be looking for somebody to bring in and replace the job who's, people whose job it is to do that. Well, hold on. Uh, I, I know you said if you have a company quarterback, you can kind of, I mean, you said mask and more things. Listen, that line is the reason why Aaron Rodgers is not playing right now. Uh, they literally come hold up a block for two seconds. However, I would still have to, at the very least, consider bringing in someone else. Uh, I don't know what kind of contracts they can take on because they have spent a lot of money, but they, they free some money up there, right? Aaron gave them $30 million back. So listen, hey, you got to make a move somehow, some way. I, I don't know who you bring in. I'm, I don't, I'm not even going to just throw names out there. I'm not going to do that. But you cannot let this season go to waste, given all the money you put into it, all the time you put into it. You're literally saying right now in week three, going to week four, that we don't care. Because Zach Wilson has shown you over his tenure there that he's not going to do it. Now, if you just want to take the season that way and, 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 Give that pick to Green Bay. But right on ahead. But uh, that's that's what it's looking like you're about to do. So yeah, I would definitely try to bring someone in, and I don't know who that someone would be. Right? Like I don't I don't know who to put in that situation to make that team better. But there's got to be somebody, and you can't just sit sit back and not try and think that Zach Wilson is the answer because Zach Wilson is not the answer. No, he's not. No doubt about that. They, they can't. They can't. They cannot think that. that they, they, in their heart of hearts, they do not think Zach Wilson is the answer. They don't think they have a way to get another answer, or get a better answer. Which I feel like basically anybody could be a better answer at this point. Yeah, I, I don't know why uh, they're. I don't know why they're trying so hard to keep 
I don't know why they're trying so hard to keep from hurting his feelings. His feelings, are, if they if they were going to be hurt, they would already been hurt when they gave the mortgage away for, you know, for Aaron Rodgers. That showed then that, you know, Zach Wilson's not our guy anymore. You know, I mean, they, the number two overall draft pick that they said, all right, yeah, screw you. We're going to get Aaron Rodgers. That showed then that you don't believe in this guy. Why are they trying so hard now to make us believe they still believe in that guy when they gave up on him this past offseason? So that's what I don't get. And I guess it goes back to what Nick is saying. Maybe they don't think they can replace him with something better. I just I didn't think it was that hard to replace him with something better. Carson Wentz can come out the street and still be better than that. Uh, now, Matt Ryan has came out and said that he's not interested. But then again, hey. If he watched some of these games and that offensive line, I wouldn't be interested either. Uh, but okay, well, how, but how about this? Well, let's just say you do stick with Zach Wilson. At the very least, you bring somebody in to say, "Hey, in this game you play bad, this guy's right behind you." But right now, he's got full autonomy. He can do whatever he wants to do because there is nobody behind him. No, it's, it's not. It is not. They said they would look at a veteran. I can't tell you why they haven't brought in a veteran. I don't know, man. Uh, it beats me. They're really botching this thing if there's ever been a botch. Uh, and uh, this is it for Robert Sala. He can talk all of that tough stuff and that good stuff that they, that he thinks fans and, and players want to hear all he wants. He's going to be sitting right next to them next season. He won't be coaching for the New York Jets. This is going to be it. And they don't give a damn about Aaron Rodgers' injury. They want them to fight back, and they're not fighting back. They're not really putting up much of a fight at all. They're not even pinching the bitch. They they have to do more, and it looks like this is going to be a loss a lost season for them. If you know, everybody's in it for the Caleb Williams sweepstakes is what it seems. I mean, I can't think of any other reason other than them saying that, guys. We don't know if Rodgers is coming back. Let's just let's just finish this sucker out one and sixteen and see can we get Caleb. Maybe he'll want to come to New York. You know, maybe he'll want to come out here where he's he knows the defense is good. He knows we'll put we'll go all in for him. Everybody's trying to get Caleb. And it's just about which team does he see fit at number one where he'll come out to the draft and say, All right, I'll let them I'll allow them to draft me. That's just, that's the only thing I can think about is they want the number one pick now. They've already said fuck this season because twenty twenty three is over. It's a wrap. If this is the way they're going to continue to play ball. And Garrett Wilson is going to whoop Zach Williams' ass before we get to the trade deadline. That's guaranteed. From looking at these guys on the sideline, he's losing patience with him. Zach Williams never says the right things. I mean, Wilson, he never says the right things at the podium. It's always them, them, them. And the only time it's me is when, you know, like, he he saw he was in the groove or he saw this or he saw that. And then when it's something bad, it's we. When it's something good, it's me. This is not the quarterback that you want leading your team anyway. I don't know if anybody is really behind him in the locker room. I don't know what the hell's going on. But I can't think of anything else but that four-letter word, T-A-N-K. But anyway, I digress. But correct me if I'm wrong, that pick goes to the Packers, right? Which one? Oh, the first round pick. How many? Yeah, they, they yeah. gave up about, what, two of them? No, it's it, well, it's a second it's a second rounder because uh, because he's not going to play. I think it's sixty five percent of the snaps. Ah, okay. Now you're on to something. <laughs> okay, there it is. There it is. Then 
Maybe, I mean, like I said, for them to go with Zach Wilson, as Nick was saying, we can surely they can find something better than that. And for them to not do so, yeah, something's not right. It's almost like they want Zach Wilson to get hurt too, and then they just play with an emergency quarterback or go get a third stringer who's trash also, and then that's the perfect excuse on why our season's over. And then they'll have a good option here. Rodgers, you coming back? Oh, you're not? Oh, all right. Hey, hey, Caleb, somebody get him on the phone. Get his agent on the phone. Will you please come out for the draft? That's all I know. But I don't know Saul is still going to stick around for it because this is going to be a if this is a lost season for the Jets, it may be a lost job for him also. They, they'll, they'll find an offensive coordinator uh, some, from somewhere to bring in as the head coach if they're going to go quarterback, new quarterback. Um, I don't know. And I'm saying this because who knows what Rodgers is going to do. He was this close in a dark retreat to saying I'm done with football to, you know, to finally becoming a Jet. But uh, this can really do some things to you mentally. We'll see. That's pretty much all I got, guys. The Jets, I don't know. Uh, but I, I knew that they would lose, and I knew that the Vikings would lose because we got another week for the media to talk about Kirk Cousins to the Jets, even though that's probably not going to happen. But uh, Derek Carr, he's going to be out for a little minute. I don't know how long, but I think he's got a shoulder in- injury. They've got a, 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 a AC spray. He's probably week to week. I don't think he'll be out here long. Okay. Well, week to week, we'll see how that goes. Um, they're two and one with the Buccaneers in the South, and Atlanta also two and one. Um, what else? What else? Carolina sits at the bottom at zero and three. That's 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 pretty much it. Um, Thursday night, Packers and Lions. Uh, let's let's get your predictions with that then before we get out of here, so we can always we can always really say that we we know who won and we said who was going to win. Uh, it's Green Bay, I think, at home again. They came back, got the win with the Saints, thanks to Derek Carr leaving. So Nick says, but uh, still a resilient team, and they're still fighting. One thing about Jordan Love. And the Green Bay Packers, they may not be that great, or he may not be that great, but the Packers know how to cover it up. The Bears, they're not covering up a thing with their quarterback. So, Packers, Lions, both of them could use a win. NFC North, Thursday night. Uh, Nick, who you got? Who you got? I am going to take the Green Bay Packers, and this is why. Um, what I actually asked about, uh, asked to talk earlier on the Packers and Saints game. Um, of course, yes. Uh, you know, I feel like I, I think that the Saints would have won the game had Derek Carr been able to complete it. Um, that being said, I got to give Jordan Love credit. Um, he did set to go out there and put up those eighteen points in the fourth quarter um, in order to go out and win the game. And he did that against against a was supposed to be a pretty good Saints defense. Um, and just watching that game, Jordan Love looks like a much better quarterback than I, I was willing to give him credit for uh, coming into this season. Um, I'm not quite at the spot where I want to say that he should be their franchise quarterback for the next five, six, seven years. Um, certainly not suggesting that he's the next Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, but he 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 could be the guy at least for for the next couple of years to come. Um, you know, depending on, on how he continues to move forward, he could grow into that franchise guy. His arm looks strong. He, he made some accurate throws. He uh, seemed to read the field well, particularly in the, in the fourth quarter when they made that comeback. Uh, I've, I've been impressed with what I've seen to this point, and I think he takes another step forward on Thursday night. He'll get Aaron Jones back in the backfield as well. Uh, I, I don't know what the 
the receiver. I think there's another uh, Christian Watson. I don't know what the latest is on him. Uh, but Romeo, he and Romeo Dobbs definitely seem to have a, a good connection on Sunday. So uh, I'm going to roll with the Packers to uh, to pull off the upset. Uh, as much as I like Jordan Love, I'm going with the Lions. I, I, don't, I just don't think the Packers will be able to score enough points. Okay, that's it. Okay, all right. Um, well, that's a tough one for me because I'm big on the Lions, but I've been watching the Lions this year, and the defense looked better on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. But then against Seattle, it was like, uh, this is going too far. This is going back and forth too much. I, I said they would go over. They definitely went over 47 or 48 points. Um, but they didn't get the win against Seattle. They beat Kansas City week one. This is a team that I'm still trying to figure out. Are you all ready to go or not? Are you the real deal, Lions? Or are you still the same old Lions? I don't know. This team, last time they were in Lambeau Field, they got the dub, and it was cold as hell outside. And they beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and kept them from going to the postseason. That was huge as they played spoiler. But they're not playing spoiler on Thursday night. Prime time, Jordan Love. I think he gets the win. Um, I, I'm going with Green Bay also. Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, if one of those guys can come back, we will see more progression from Jordan Love. Shout out to what he's done without those guys the past few weeks. And, you know, if it wasn't for a late comeback um, victory for the Falcons last week, the Packers could easily be 3-0. and So, yeah, I think that, again, the difference is the organization, the front office, the coaching. Jordan Love may not be a franchise quarterback. That's neither here nor there. I don't know. I can't answer that just yet. But one thing's for certain is Matt LaFleur is doing a hell of a job to show me that he very well could be. If he's not, he's not showing it. The Chicago Bears are doing everything but show me, you know, what I'm supposed to be seeing or what I thought I was going to see with Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. It's the complete opposite. They're not showing me anything other than this guy Looks like he should still be at Ohio State. Some of that's on him, some of that's not. But I'm just saying, the Packers are doing a much better job with their young quarterback versus what the Bears are doing with theirs. I'll take the Packers over the lines for this week, even though it kind of pains me to do that. But I just think that it's something special going to really happen with the Packers this year. Not, not special like playoffs or Super Bowl or anything like that, but that'll be better than what you thought. This could be the best nine and eight team you've ever seen. Then again, that nine and eight could turn into a Cinderella team where they actually get to the postseason. They actually win a wild card because guess what? You gotta come to Lambeau and then, you know, that good story will come to an end uh once they meet the, the juggernauts of the NFC. But I don't know. Something special about him and Dobbs as you were saying. And uh Watson hadn't came back yet. Aaron Jones hadn't came back yet. Jair Alexander did not play. Also on Sunday, the the, the deck has really been thrown at them. It's really been against the Packers, and they're still finding ways to persevere. Got to give them credit for that. Mike LaFleur, got to give him some credit. We don't talk about him much. Zach Taylor, coach for the Bengals. We don't talk about him much. That guy's been to the Super Bowl and has won the AFC and has beaten the Chiefs more than anybody else in this league. Nobody talks about Zach Taylor. We just talk about Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Anyway, that's all I've got. It's been a great show, ladies and gentlemen. 
Um, we we snuck a little bit of basketball in with Dame Little to, to the Toronto Raptors, possibly. Nobody really cares though on the Great Debate Show, it seems. But we'll see. We'll get into that if you know more news comes up. That's all I have, guys. Anything you all wanted to um, want to uh, you know throw at us before we get out of here? Sure. Listen, uh, by the time people hear this, it will be uh, you know Tuesday. And if, if you are sitting in front, in front of your TV Tuesday evening, you don't have anything else to watch, check out uh, ESPN, uh, the, the Dana White's Contender Series. Uh, we have two welterweights from Memphis fighting each other uh, in, the, I think, the welterweight finale. Uh, Danny Barlow and Raheem Forrest. I'm not sure I get those names right. But both of those guys are from Memphis. I have had the pleasure of watching Danny Barlow fight a few times. Back in the old uh, B3 days, the case fights here when they were fighting fights at the fence or Minglewood Hall. He's an excellent welterweight. Most of the people that I've talked to here expect him to win and get that UFC contract. Uh, so it's going to be exciting to watch. And yeah, like I said, if you have anything to watch, man, check it out. Let's get a little myth of representation in there and uh, cheer both of those guys on for sure. All right. Okay. All right. Good deal. Good deal, T. Nick, what you got? Anything? No, no. They say I'm, I might pick at that, that uh, UFC that Terrence talking about there, man. I might, I might take a look at that if nothing else is on on Tuesday night. Dig that. Dig that. All right. Well, that's it for us, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a great show. Week three of the NFL is officially a wrap, and week four starts on Thursday night in Green Bay as the Packers host the Detroit Lions. Can't wait to see how that one's going to go. Should be a pretty good uh, game. We I, I would like to think so. More NFC action on a Thursday night. Um, that's pretty much it. Nothing else really to discuss. We will come back at you after the Thursday night game on our fantastic Friday. We will break down Friday, uh, this week four games and give you our picks and predictions hope everybody did good on the parlays if not check us out again on a friday and we will help you out to the best of our abilities with some of these spreads some of these uh these 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 spreads that have been so large and nobody's covering them we'll see how long that continues to go and uh against the spread i'll also break down an interesting stat on why you should pay attention to that a little bit more before you make your bets so you know just a little things here that we give every now and then a few people has hit me up and said, hey, man, you was right about this. You was right about that. I won this. I won that. And the only thing I tell them is, damn, man, I forgot to send you my cash app, didn't I? Uh, but some of these people are listening to us, and they're getting some money off of some of our, our picks, even the craziest ones. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, I predicted them to beat the Chiefs last year in a regular season game, and they did it. And then here they are again beating the Ravens unexpectedly those that's those those those, that's what the coach do you know like they're good for one they may not do anything else this year but they're always good to knock off a really good playoff team Uh, don't ask don't ask me how but that's all i've got ladies and gentlemen and uh we're gonna be back on friday again the Great Debate Show is available wherever you get your podcast. Hit that follow or subscribe button so you can be notified for Friday's picks or this week, week four picks uh, on a Friday. Y'all be safe out there and um, we will be back. Peace out, guys. You know.